Chelsea Zaccato. And I'm Natalie Heacock. And this is Lumber Slingers. Each podcast, we will be bringing you relevant and useful industry information, including interviews with top lumber professionals and discussion of current events in the industry. Whether it be lumber grading, industry and market trends, or who's who in lumber, we hope to extend your current tally on industry knowledge. Hey, Charles. Good morning. How are you? Good. Happy Friday. Thank TGIS. Oh, I miss that TV show. Remember that? Or that like series? What was that? Yeah, it was like a set of shows on Friday nights. TGIS. Was Sabrina the Teenage Witch one of them? I was not allowed to watch that show. I can't remember. <laughs> Wasn't Family Matters on it? Whatever happened to... Yeah. Or was that... Um... Oh, no, that's Full House. <laughs> yeah. You know what show I was talking about? Clarissa Explains It All. Did you watch oh, that? That was on Nickelodeon, though. Oh, okay. I'm actually looking it up because now it's going to bother me. TGIF shows. Okay. Step by step, day by day. Uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, you were right. Clueless. Full House, I was right. Boy Meets World. Hanging with Mr. Dot, dot, dot. What was that? I don't know what that is, but Topanga. Mm. (laughs) Topanga. She's always so gorgeous. She is. And then hanging, hanging with Mr. Cooper. I haven't heard about that in a long time. I don't even know what that is. Sister. Sister. Oh, that was good. Yeah. Remember when they tried to revive Boy Meets World? Yeah. Remember when they tried to revive all these shows? Fuller House. Oh, yeah. God, that was awful. (laughs) Sabrina, the middle-aged witch. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God they didn't do that. Yeah, seriously. But yeah, that was, you know what? That was a... IMDB gives it 8.4 out of 10, 81%. That was some good TV. Like TV, TGIF, good times. Yeah. And it's good times just like me and you, because we're going to have a good time today. Yeah, we're on our way through life. Take a big old swig of your coffee. And today we're going to talk about networking. Very important subject for those of us who are in the thick of it and just taking our first steps, our little baby steps into the industry. It's true. I was thinking, like, how could we rate, like, if I think of somebody who's good at networking, I think of you. And how could we rate, like, how did you feel when you first went to your first event, like one to 10 versus how do you feel now walking into a room and how many years passed in between that? Yeah, my first event was in 2017. It's different. You go through different seasons of networking. So I would say my confidence level is what has changed obviously like my excitement has not but my confidence has changed my focus has changed I don't even know if I'd put a number on it just because I'm dealing with so many different aspects of that like you just your career changes so much throughout and what you kind of are trying to accomplish with networking so I don't know I've always Again, like, so there's introverts and extroverts, and I consider myself an extroverted person. So people make me excited. So I've always felt, you know, strongly about networking. However, I don't think, I don't think networking is just for extroverts. I'm, I actually took like a psychological test about introvert and extrovert, and I'm actually more of a introvert, like 51%. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so it's just how you um, basically cope and recover. 
and like get your energy back. It's kind of the difference. Anyway, that's a whole nother episode. But networking is important because you're building your reputation and you're becoming more visible to uh, potential clients, potential vendors, potential employers. I think that's something, especially in college, that I learned was very important. And so I realized once I got into the industry and there were networking opportunities, what I had learned in school had set me up to understand how important it is to show up and network. So if you want to, you know, build your reputation, if you're in an industry that doesn't have a whole lot of diversity in terms of age, gender, experience, I mean, diversity is a lot of different things. I think if you you are different in any way, it's so important for you to show up because if you show up, it shows visibility to maybe somebody who's looking in saying, do I belong here? And if you see somebody like you, you're more likely to go, right? Like that's, and I always refer back to this when I saw Bethany Doss from Capital Lumber on like a lumber newsletter. I was like, whoa, that's the first time I saw a younger female represented in the lumber industry and like in in the like a management role. And so it inspired me. So not only are you making an impact on your own reputation and an impact on your own, you know, network that you're creating, you're also you might be influencing somebody else. And now we're all friends. Shout out Bethany. Yeah. (laughs) So tell us your, I guess, tips and tricks. Tips and tricks. I will say tips and tricks going to some of these events with you more recently, maybe, I don't know, last three, two, three years. And I remember the first time, well, I was a little bit lucky because I had a crutch also known as Chelsea uh, to help take me <laughs> a around. crutch or a crutch? Both. <laughs> to help take me around and introduce me to some of the key people who you see at all the events. And I remember walking away the first time being like, holy shit, I will never remember any of these people. And now I'm like, three years later and I know them all and not as well as you do, but I at least know who they are and generally where they work and sometimes some personal information about them. And so it definitely helps to be repetitive and consistent and show up and show your face. And you're going to tell us how best to do that. Well, you bring up a good point because the first time is really overwhelming and it is really helpful. I mean, I think one first tip or trick I would have is to do what you did and maybe find somebody in your own company or maybe if you already have a buddy in the industry that's going to the same event is to just buddy up and maybe learn from them. If you're really, really nervous to go like by yourself, then maybe it's best to use the buddy system where you have somebody you can help introduce you to people and kind of know where to walk on the floor. And I think, you know, networking, when I'm talking about it, I guess on this podcast, I'm thinking networking events such as cocktail mixers, educational events, and also trade shows, just typically, you know, where where we're at on this side of the industry. Um, But again, you're always networking if you're out meeting people at any company. But so it's good to have somebody with experience. My first trade show I went with a couple people from our company and I pretty much just walked behind them the whole time. Like listened, learned, shook hands, introduced myself, but really learned from how, you know, you don't even know how long you should be standing there. Like, should I be talking to this person and like latching on to this conversation or should I keep moving along? And so, yeah, learn from people in your company. Kind of if there's a somebody that you have that you can lean on, that's very helpful. 
but definitely have that conversation before you get there. Um, Don't like just like to somebody and they're like, I can't shake this person. Yeah. Why is Natalie still following me? Hey guys. (laughs) I'm Natalie. (laughs) So we'll just start with the very basics. You're going to a specific event. Typically, trade shows or networking events will have a attendee list. And it's really helpful to review that list when you register and then also right before the event, maybe even print it out, what company they're with, what their name is. Um, There might be a name that you've heard a lot of times but never seen the person face to face. I've gone as far as looking on LinkedIn to see if, you know, maybe it would help me find that person if I knew a little bit better what they look like. So review the attendee list, print it out if you can. It might be overwhelming. There might be 1,200 people on that list. So really, it's important to know your purpose. Is your purpose just to go and learn and soak everything in the first time? Okay, then don't like get overwhelmed with all those details. If you're going for a specific person to meet specific clients or customers, make sure you highlight those companies that you want to meet, the names you want to meet, do as much research as you can and try to put yourself in situations where you can get in front of those people. Yeah. And I think similar to, you know, using or asking someone to tag along with them before you get there, if you do have the attendee list, asking someone in your company who's experienced, who's maybe in management or executive level, Hey, who do you think I should meet? Is there anyone on this list that you would say like, absolutely, I have to meet. And I mean, that's really a couple of things. One, you're going to be meeting and getting in front of the right people. And two, if someone came to me and asked me that before I paid for them to go to an event, I would be so excited and already feel like my money was well spent in sending this person to an event. A hundred percent. I think that would get triple brownie points if you go ask, you know, that question. And not only that, but you'll spend your time a better way if you ask those questions. The next helpful thing is, especially if you're brand new, obviously, if you're a a veteran, maybe you wouldn't want to do this. But the first few trade shows I went to, I wrote down my like top three goals of being there and like who I wanted to meet and why I was there and why it was important. And I remember it was in a hotel room. I wrote it on just the notepad next to the bed and I reviewed it when I woke up every morning, kept me on track. When you go out of town and you travel, if it's not a local event, it is really easy to get distracted. It's really easy to lose track of time, meet a bunch of fun people, go out to dinner. And that's all that stuff is great. But just remember, you know, your company's spending money on you to be somewhere and and it's your time. Your time is valuable. So just make sure you get the most out of it and get why you set out to go there in the first place. because. At the end of the day, you want to keep going to these events. So make sure that you're using your time wisely when you can and you're building value out of it so you can continue to grow and, and be part of these events. Yeah. And like you said, my first event, I feel like I blinked and it was over. Like, I don't even know what happened. It was so quick and so fast and you really do lose focus. And there's tons of really fun invitations. Like, do you want to go to this hall of fame or go here for dinner or go to, you know, wherever Kentucky Derby's at. And it's just like, there's so many invitations and there's so many fun things to do. And definitely you should have fun. You're probably seeing cities you haven't seen before and you might not see again. So 
experience it, but also keep your goals in mind. Yes. And just set the bar for yourself of, okay, at minimum, what do I want to accomplish? Because I'll tell you, especially with networking, a lot of the bonding comes from afterwards. It's not necessarily when you're on the trade show floor, it's running into Bob at the Kentucky oh. Derby <laughs> or, or, you know, the, the hotel bar when you're having a conversation with somebody. So don't like hold yourself back from that. Just know, like set some boundaries around how you want to accomplish your goals and, and that will set you up for success. Because I think the reason I'm saying that is because I have been to these events where it's very overwhelming. I say yes to everything. And then it's a blur. The whole thing's a blur and you're numb and you go, God, I got to process everything I just learned and did and all the people I met. So just keep your goals in mind. Yes. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. That's not the point, but think you're set up better if you have some goals. And then obviously just dressing for success, dressing for the job you want, maybe not the job you have. That'll all play into the confidence that you have when you're meeting people. Uh, If you dress like a boss, walk like a boss, act like a boss. I think that will help your confidence and people will see you that you take it very seriously. You show up wearing a t-shirt and some jeans and you don't really put a whole lot of thought or effort. That says something. That's your first impression. So I highly advise there's a way to spin and put your own personality, but also dress nice. Like there is, you can always incorporate. I've seen it. In our own industry, I've seen people show up. They have definitely have their own like personality or spin on the way that they dress. And it looks great. It fits them. And they're still dressed nicely. So you're meeting a lot of decision makers and buyers and people that you're going to be doing business with for a long time. Make sure that you're making the right first impression. And take a shower. Because you know what? You can smell. Okay? Everybody's got noses. Everybody's smelling. You don't want to show up. Most people don't have noses like you. (laughs) Okay, that's true. But like, just put deodorant on. Chelsea can smell anything a mile away. She, fun fact about Chelsea, she actually, I would say 75 to 80% of the time does not use her nose. She only breathes through her mouth mouth because smells are too strong. Yeah, it's really bad. I really don't. I don't use my nose. We were walking through something the other day and Natalie goes, do you smell that? I go, nope, I'm not using my nose right now. I'm walking through a newer foreign place. I don't use my nose because it smells bad. So on that note, wear deodorant. Just, just, you know what? I can just say you can tell when somebody showered and when they didn't. So most of the time, I think it's another one more thing that will feed into your confidence. If you feel like you're lacking confidence, like just show up, be the person you want to be. Right. And back to first impressions, you only get one. You only get one first impression ever for the rest of your life. Yes, yes. No pressure. So, No pressure, but literally all the pressure. (laughs) So that kind of is a nice fun segue into first impressions on drinking. So these events have alcohol. So much alcohol. So much alcohol, especially in the lumber industry. We're drinking industry with a lumber problem. That's something we hear all the time. So, um, you know what? We're, we've all been there. I've been to these events where I wake up with a really bad hangover because I stayed up too late. I drank too much. <laughs> uh, espresso martinis and Amtrak do not mix. They do not mix well. <laughs> but 
let's just say it's your first event. I would say, you know what? Don't be the, what'd you say, Natalie? What do you always say? Don't be the drunkest person in the room. Right. You might build your career to the point where that actually does not matter. You have all the success in the world and solid relationships. And guess what? You can let loose because you've done this for, you know, 10, 15, 20 years plus. Great. If you're new in the industry and this is one of your first events, like do not be the drunkest person in the room. People will remember you. I have people in my network. My only impression of them is how much they drank at their first event. And it's very hard to wipe because I, in my head, envision that level of professionalism and maturity. And so it actually does affect buying decisions. It has affected my own buying decisions from certain companies. So I, that's just something that's, I have not, I'm not saying sitting here on a pedestal saying I've always been perfect. I'm just saying people notice and your reputation will always precede you. So make sure that the first impression that you're making is not a drunk one because most likely you won't remember, but somebody else will. And you don't have to drink every drink that is handed to you or purchased for you. Sometimes there's this pressure around, I bought you this drink, you have to drink it, or we're all doing shots or we're this or we're that. And I'm, I'm, you don't have to. And that's honestly saved me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's okay. Especially this is what I like. Cool. Have a couple of drinks on the floor, you know, or one drink that you savor. And then if you've got to have that nightcap or you really want to have more to drink, take a drink to your room, turn on sex in the city and have yourself a night. Or just know your audience, know who you're with. And maybe the night winds down and it's just for people that you're close with. Obviously, that's very different than being in a room with hundreds of people who you don't know. So just right. I think it comes down to also knowing your audience and where that behavior is appropriate and where it's not. Right. That's a very good point. I think some of us use alcohol as a numbing tool for like our nerves for networking. It's like, oh God, I'm nervous. I'm going to drink this really fast. And, and then maybe you haven't eaten yet <laughs> really fast. So I think that's a great point, Natalie, of just knowing your audience. And, and like I said, sometimes the best networking happens over drinks at the hotel bar after the event. Just make sure you know your limits and, and know when to stop. And sometimes setting down your purpose and your why and your goals before the event will help, help you stay focused on that. And uh, so, yeah, you just, kind of got to know know who you're with and and be careful about that make sure you're in good company definitely and um oh another thing to not forget is business cards so this is obviously ever changing technology is ever changing who carries around a card anymore i like to have a couple on me i'm probably just old school now um but i like to have a couple on me and more recently people have been sharing qr codes so and some people have cards that have like, they have like one card that has a QR code on it that people can scan from their phones. I think we're way more set up for success with that now that COVID happened and everybody has to use QR codes. So more people know how to use them. More people are adapting. Just make sure you're set up for both. Um, if your phone's dead and you can't share it, make sure you have some type of hard copy that you can share your contact information. Yeah, I think we still have a ways to go on the QR codes. I know a lot of people are using them. I don't love them. I would yeah. honestly rather have a business card. For example, recently we were at an event and people were sharing QR codes 
and you just scan it from their phone to your phone and then it goes into your contact. Great. Well, now it's in my phone. I have their contact information. If you ask me what their names were today, I couldn't find them. I couldn't find them in my phone. And I like to have that piece of paper, at least for now. I think that technology will change that eventually. And I'm sure there's probably even apps for it right now where you can kind of categorize. But I don't know if we're there yet with the QR codes. Yeah, I think that's a great point because you look at somebody, oh, I know what their company card looked like. It's that visual representation on the phone. Everything looks the same. Again, if you don't remember the name, how are you going to remember it when you have 2000 contacts in your phone? Right. That's a great point. But I think your point to having both be have both available and then you can tailor to whom you're speaking to. Yeah. So my little brother uh, just went to a industry event. He's in the lumber industry as well. And he was like, Charles, I made a rookie move. I forgot my cards. And I said, well, download an app that you can do your QR code business card. Um, because it's really important that you're set up and ready to go before you start meeting all these people. So it's nice to have the option. But again, I yeah, I always have some paper business cards on me. Paper. Paper. The world's renewable resource. Yes. So now let's talk about when you're in the room networking. So you you know your why, you know your purpose, you reviewed your attendee list, you're dressed for the job that you want, you've got your boundaries around drinking, or maybe you don't, maybe you're just a fun guy, and you've got your business cards, so now you're in the room, now what? Maybe you're alone, maybe you're with somebody, it's a really busy room full of people. So I would scope out the room, I read something that said, most people are like standing by the bar. So usually if you go stand by the bar or near the bar, you can typically start making conversation. Maybe you get in line for a drink, start having a conversation. Sometimes this happens pretty frequently where you have to be the first person to talk, especially if you're one of the newer ones. So put your hand out, shake a hand. Don't be shy. Introduce yourself. Maybe you even have a goal of like, I'm going to walk up to two people I don't know and introduce myself. And that that's hard to do. But I think when you have something set out, like, I don't know, it also gives you a sense of accomplishment. Like I said, I was going to meet two random people. I met two random people. Now I can chill for a second or whatever. Right. And so there's always the time where you finally introduce yourself or maybe you're standing in a circle. This happens to me all the time. Standing in a circle, people walk into the circle Nobody introduces anybody and they're all kind of just standing there awkwardly. So I always make sure to like introduce myself and know every person's name that I'm standing with. Even if I'm not standing there for long, it's just, I think it's just manners at that point. Like, kind of yeah, and that, it's Then that's easy. You're already in the circle. So making the introduction of like, oh, hey, we're standing by each other and we're all talking together. Like that actually is a lot easier than walking straight up to somebody cold and being like, hi, I'm Natalie. Right. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> so here's the alternate side. You might get stuck in a conversation. So the way to mitigate that, which happens all the time again, is, I mean, and maybe it's not bad. Maybe it's nice to be talking to somebody, but typically at these events, you don't want to spend your whole time talking to one person. That's not the point of networking. You want to, you know, kind of move along and meet different people and have different conversations. So it's okay to say, hey, I'm going to go grab a drink or I'm going to excuse myself. I'm, I, want, I just spotted somebody I want to say hi to. 
or, you know, excuse me, I'm, I'm actually going to run to the, the ladies room or, you know, it's right. okay. No, ex- no reason. Just like, oh, can you excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye. And one thing that I noticed and that I really try hard not to do, but it's really hard when you're on a trade floor with thousands of people, when you're talking to somebody, be present and quit doing that like eye dart thing where you're like, oh, is that so-and-so? Oh, is there? Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to meet that you person. Can tell. You can tell when somebody's yeah. not engaged in the conversation. Very obvious. And it's like, if that happens to me, I'm always like, all right, well, it looks like you need to get going. So I'll let you go. Cause I'm like, I don't want to waste my time. You're not even listening to what I'm saying, or you're not even responding like intentionally. You're just looking for somebody else. And let's just both call it what it is and move on to the next. Right. Which is so easy at these events when there's thousands of people, you know, you might be the person doing that. The person you're talking to might be the person doing that hundred percent. Hey, it was great to talk to you, but for your own sake, we always say, be where your feet are make eye contact, have the conversation, and then it's okay to move along. It's definitely better to move along, but be present in each conversation than to be darty. (laughs) Don't be a dart. (laughs) And then there's a, we've talked about this, this website before, this Building Gurus website with Rika. And I don't remember her last name, but she actually had a blog on how to feel more comfortable networking and she had four points. So I'll link this up in the show notes. So uh, you guys can click on the the blog that she made. I think she has a little YouTube video as well, but her four takeaways from feeling more comfortable while networking is first of all, to recognize your bravery. There's something to be said for actually showing up and putting your career and profession ahead of your discomfort. It already puts you ahead of the curve. So you're already putting yourself in a very small group of high performers and you should feel good about that. Her next step is that know that you're not alone. When you're at the event, understand a quarter or give or take of the room is probably feeling the same level of trepidation as you are. So it's okay to go in, look around, see if anybody else is standing alone, walk over and introduce yourself. The next number three is be curious. Curiosity is the best thing for small talk. So just asking questions around like how long they've worked where they work, where they work, what their role entails, and, you know, maybe having three to five questions in your pocket, which I have a little tool you can use for that also that I'll mention. And before you know it, it starts getting easier. Definitely gets easier. hundred percent. And then the fourth one is what we were just talking about. It's okay to remove yourself. If a com- if your conversation companion is a dud, <laughs> well, we were a little bit nicer than that, but okay. <laughs> excuse yourself to the restroom and start over with someone new when you return to the room. So I think those are great tips. Definitely. And um, the tool I was referring to when we were talking about kind of the conversation that you're having, maybe when you're introducing yourself, Vanessa Van Edwards, who um, runs the science of people and has some really great books, really great books, Captivate. She's a great speaker. She talks about basically human psychology, you know, about connection and micro expressions and kind of how to read people and understand them better. Anyway, she has a tool on her website, has 425 getting to know you questions surrounding different subjects. So getting to know a new person, get, basically it goes from like entry level down to very specific type of conversation starters. So um, they might not all apply to this situation, but there's definitely some questions in here that would be good to review if you feel like you don't maybe have enough 
Yeah, it'd be nice to like write a few of those down like on your phone. And then that way, like you finish a conversation and then you want to regroup for a second, like pop your phone out, look at that, put it away and then move on to the next thing. Yeah, yes. Sometimes I find myself, I don't know if this is just a me thing, but sometimes I find myself like I'll have a conversation then I'll move on to the next conversation. And then I'm asking the same things or we're talking about the same thing again. And I'm like, I am actually boring myself to death. Like, <laughs> but I don't know what else to ask. Yeah. So that might be nice to like, okay, let's let's change the topic here a little bit. Or yeah. if there's like, you know, current events happening that will dominate the conversation. Um, but it'd be nice to have a few little tricks up your sleeve of like different directions to go. Yeah. And I don't think we've said this yet, but Nobody likes to stand in a circle where one person is talking like the whole time, like dominating the entire conversation, waiting basically just to respond to everything and not really listening. So also make sure you're not that guy. You know, it's great because you can be standing in these circles and there's like an awkward silence because nobody knows what else to talk about. So have these questions in your back pocket, but also remember to listen and ask to listen, not ask to respond. Right. And just like, don't bring up the weather. Oh God. The weather is just exhausting. But it's like, there is the talk about Natalie. So that weather, huh? Crazy out there. I clicked on this, uh, the science of people getting to know you questions. And the first one I read was, (laughs) have you ever tried a standing desk? (laughs) (sighs) Okay. That's better than the weather. You know, definitely better than the weather. Oh, this is a hot topic. What is your take on a four-day work week? You know, there, there's a lot. There's like, again, there's 425 questions in here. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of gold. Like a lot of gold. Well, um, our resident expert, Chelsea here, if anyone has any questions. Yeah, feel free to shoot us an email. I mean, Natalie is definitely an expert as well. She's a great people person. So I don't feel good about saying just me because I think <laughs> you are absolutely an expert. Send us an email at lumberslingers at gmail.com. We'll answer your questions anytime, day or night. Also, you know, nobody's calling this damn voicemail that we set up. So if somebody could just leave us, I don't know what I'm expecting with this voicemail, but we might play it on the show if it's good enough. So, Or just like we might play our first one. Yeah, leave <laughs> us your... I mean, if you ask a question on the voicemail, we will play it and answer it on the podcast. Uh-oh. If it's appropriate. Yeah. Let <laughs> <laughs> me just put a few like disclaimers out there. Now, I do want to leave everybody with a little tip and trick that I have found that works for me. When you maybe have a long week of networking, you know, it's exhausting mentally, physically, all the things. So there's sometimes where maybe you're out of gas in your tank. I call it the Chelsea Z shuffle. And I have found it's been successful with other people. Natalie, it's worked for you. Like if you, you don't have the ability of getting a, an IV for your hangover, let's just say you drank too much. By the way, not a bad idea to look into that before you get to the town you're going to. Okay, sorry. Back. Exactly. Well, let's just say you overdid it and you're tired, whether it's alcohol related or just a long week. Sleep you deprivation. Sleep deprivation. This is going to seem like a lot of liquids, but you need it. So you need like a liter of water. You need... I like to have some carbonation. So I also like having a secondary sparkly water, a five-hour energy, and a cup of black coffee. And you try to pound all those in, just try to jam them in within like 30 minutes. 
And I swear to God, you will feel like a new person. And I have to say, the five-hour energy, I didn't believe you on for a long time. I was very hesitant. Sounds disgusting. It looks disgusting. I hate the bottle. I hate the marketing. But that shit works. It's your vitamin B. It's the vitamin B. And then some other things that we like to pack in our to-go bags are, you know, sorry, don't at me, anybody, but liquid IV... Okay. Everybody's giving me a hard time about how much sugar it has and I can just get over it because guess what? It works and it makes me feel better. And I drink my water. So liquid IV, we're not sponsored by anybody or liquid IV. And also what else do we use? Those flyby pills. Those are amazing. It's just a supplement has a lot of good nutrients uh, in it that help kind of your maybe travel fatigue, drinking off of Amazon. Yeah, you know, you go to one trade show or one big networking event, your first one, and then you make a lot of tweaks for the next one. Yeah. If you like me and you forget things, don't be afraid to write it down because now I have like a little list of like, these are the things I have to have in my suitcase to survive. And you get put in a hotel with no water. So, oh my God, it's always the first thing you guys, when you get to the hotel, ask for a couple bottles of water. You would not believe how many hotels do not even offer water in the room anymore. Or the lobby or the vending machines. Yeah. Yeah. We did have one time where we couldn't get, it took us, well, I don't, do we even get water that night? No. I mean, it was just like, there was no water to be found anywhere. The vending machines were out. The hotel didn't offer it. They actually, um, instead of offering us water, they decided they could offer us Sprite instead. Yeah. (laughs) Close second. And there are people coming after me for liquid IV? Like, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, you know what? At the end of the day, networking can change your career. It can change and propel where you want to be. And you might come away with a connection that maybe you're not doing business with, but maybe it's a mentoring situation or maybe it's a friendship or maybe, you know, you're building your community in the industry that you want to be in. And I cannot emphasize enough how important networking truly is and showing up if you have the capacity to, it can really change your trajectory. So I encourage you to do it. Lifelong friendships for sure. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Well, this is a good combo. Thanks. Thanks, Matt everyone who listened and we'll be back. Bye.